Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Even though there's some red on the screen for the day in the corn and the beans, they weren't as bad as what they could have been. And we saw the wheat numbers see some positives and some positives on the livestock side of it. But I think the biggest concern is what tomorrow is. And that, of course, is the election and, and how that's all going to take a toll on what we're seeing in the marketplace. And so we are going to invite Mike Zuzalo to join us. He is with Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, over the noon hour today, I ran to our local quick shop and I was stopped out in the parking lot from a producer that said, I've pulled out for the whole week. I'm not doing any marketing. I'm I'm nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. And it sounds it's kind of like the whole feel out there from folks when they look at their market trading. Yeah, and I think this is coming directly from Chicago. I can tell you that my clearing firm, and I'm guessing that a bunch of other clearing firms, you know, made it very clear to a lot of their uh, IBs and a lot of their brokers like me to have margins cleaned up and prepare for what could be historic volatility. I think, Susan, when you add together the pandemic and the uh, civil unrest we've seen in some of the, the big cities that... Um, have not dealt with COVID very well and have not dealt with uh, uh, law enforcement uh, being uh, fully equipped very well. Um, I think if you see how the polls have started to narrow uh, here in the last six or seven days, um, you see how the gold market has been a safe haven buy, you see how the dollar has become a safe haven buy, and you see how the crude oil market has you know, continued to kind of take a turn to the downside and a road to prices not seen since May, I think it was, for Friday's, last Friday's close. It's pretty clear that the funds and the money people or investor people are really wanting to pull out of positions and limit their exposure, maybe not get out completely, but limit it to the point where they think they can deal with maybe what could be historic volatility, uncertainty. I trace this back to the fact that when we had COVID earlier this spring, it was such an uncertainty. And, and the fact that uh, we were talking about crude oil coming over from Saudi Arabia on ships and multiple tankers being off the shore of Texas, all of a sudden we saw and witnessed crude oil markets in the futures go below zero, which in my life experience, I've never seen that. And I've been doing this since 1995. And not only did they go zero, they went to negative $40.32 a barrel in lead month futures. So I think we're at a culmination that this election could be contested and that we have a, a historic event in terms of historic uncertainty and funds and money managers have pared down positions. Having said that, I think they've done an adequate job at this point, and I think that's a big reason why the crude oil market, of all things, led a recovery in the late session today rallying over 3% in the post-market close and really supporting the uh, weather-driven uh, commodities like the wheat. Well, I know that has been been the interesting side of it, has been this wheat complex, not only what we're seeing here in the U.S., but what's been happening globally with a lot of concern about dryness and and even some, some purchasers out there coming from the Middle East. Yeah, I think you bring up a big point. I think that the wheat market started to rally before the crude oil market did today, and it was the hard red wheat that was starting to rally 
over the soft red wheat, which made total fundamental sense. And I think what the trade was starting to feel was that we were very well balanced in the wheat and that we did have weather, not just here in the United States, but globally, as you say. The problem was, I think, is that the weekly export inspections came in and they were pretty disappointing. They were on the low end of trade estimates uh, for the wheat. And that, I think, probably pulled the stakes in some of the longs that had just gotten into the market. But I've always felt as though that the wheat and the crude oil are such good leading indicators because they sense and, and kind of can read the tea leaves the best, in my opinion, of what the currency markets are getting ready to do. And it wasn't an out, outright risk-off market today. It was more split. It was more selective. The dollar was up against the ruble, but the index itself was pretty much flat. So I think, again, what I looked at going into the election is maybe a market that is balanced now and doesn't feel as nervous about what could happen tomorrow. So could we see this nervousness continue tomorrow into the trade as much as it was today, or is it going to be heightened? No, I think that it's probably going to continue to be heightened, and I say that because of the pre-voting that's been taken, that has taken place here. I want to say that we're well over 91 million votes cast and ballots cast at this point with mail-in and absentee, and I want to say that's probably going to be easily a record and those i think tend to take a little bit longer to get through uh the uh, electoral process and and especially in some states like georgia Uh, i was hearing last night that georgia cannot physically start counting votes until wednesday for that state and that state happens to be one that is in play not just for the presidential election but for the senate and so I think that the way the tea leaves are lining up for me and, and the way these ballots are being cast early, um, it's probably going to take a few days and hopefully no more than that. And that, you know, by uh, Friday night, we will know who our next president is and uh, it will be pretty clear cut. And, uh, you know, that's when we want to immediately turn our attention to the wheat, to the crude oil, to the dollar and to the gold, especially, and then see if those forces, those macro forces are still negative And if they are, is there enough dry weather out there to offset it for the grain markets? Like you said, those are the key ones to watch and and obviously to keep an eye on what's happening with that dollar and how that's going to have some some factors played into our um, exports, too, as we get closer to the weekend. Yeah, and I think the exports are being really hampered in terms of the export enthusiasm that we had been seeing really hampered, I think, by the hospitalizations surrounding COVID. I think the markets understood that for a while now that the new test is not a big deal. New cases, maybe not even a big deal. But hospitalizations is a big deal, not to mention deaths. But even hospitalizations are a big deal because it slows your economy down because people may have long-term effects from COVID. We do have a lot more coming up. It is the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation this afternoon with Mike Zuzalo, he is with Global Commodity Analytics. And uh, before I went to break, we were talking, of course, what's going to be and how the markets could or possibly react. And I just want to let folks know that in no way does the discussion that Mike and I had endorse one presidential candidate over the other. Having said that, 
I wanted to follow up real quick with you, Mike, before we jump to the livestock. What is the global sense? What are they, are we going to see a pullback on the, and we talked a little bit of exports before the break, but are we going to see a bit of a pullback, not knowing how the dollar is going to trade until later this week? Yeah, I think that's how you want to play it. I mean, if you're a risk manager and you are a farmer and a rancher who's looking out at a time window of 9 to 12 months and you know you're dealing with the market that's probably looking at a time window of 9 to 12 minutes, I think you really do want to err on the side of caution and expect the worst but kind of hope for the best. And so what I've tried to say to producer clients that I work with, whether they're in cattle or hogs or whether they're in the grains or even if they're in the equities markets and, you know, being able to use futures and options uh, in in the equities markets to do risk management. I think it makes a lot of sense to have floor positions in place, just basic bought puts like a December 380 corn put. I think that's a very piece of valuable uh, property potentially, Susan, if we would have a dollar spike. I, I think the biggest thing that I keep looking at when it comes to this market since the first Trump administration is wrapping up is is the dollar a an inflationary indicator or a deflation indica- indicator? And between his uh, tariff policies and his more bilateral trade and the Federal Reserve coming out back in August and saying, or early September, and saying, look, we're ready to take on more inflation because we realize this quantitative easing and all this debt we're throwing into the market isn't getting the job done. The first Trump administration has been mostly inflationary, and that's why the dollar's down compared to when before he got into office. And so that's what I'm looking at as far as if there is a shift in administrations and there is a shift in energy policy away from fossil fuels. I know that typically the crude oil and the dollar have an opposite uh, price reaction with one another, and it's a pretty strong opposite price reaction. Also, if if, uh, the new uh, President Biden comes in and raises taxes like he's talking about, does that create more of a deflationary mindset or does his ability to get into a uh, stimulus bill fast with his uh, Democratic uh, colleagues uh, offset that? But would it not offset that because of the fact that the Senate stays Republican? So I think you err on the side that the dollar will be bought, not sold, uh, if there's a new administration, and you act accordingly by getting some floor positions in place. There's a lot of good solid risk management positions because we've got some decent options that don't have a lot of time decay to them. And believe it or not, some of the volatilities uh, in some of these commodities like soybeans have actually been falling here the last week. So bought options is not a bad idea, I don't think. Over to the livestock side. Can the cash market kick it in gear with the fat cattle? I, I'm nervous that it's not going to um, this week and that the, the end users are going to say, look, we've got a, a market that's more of a buyer's market. The weights are still very high. Yeah, we've got feeder cattle that the funds are still, the managed money funds are still a record net short. Um, maybe the feeder cattle hold up a lot better. But I, I really am concerned about the fat cattle market because we started a really nice rally and we're at some pretty critical resistance level, technical resistance levels, and we just saw the October fat cattle go off the board. And I think most importantly is we've seen a bounce in the equities markets, and we've now seen a bounce in the hog market after today's close. And those two signals usually would suggest the cattle futures have some upside to them if you've got the equities, the feeders, and the and the hogs all on your side. So I just need that one last big piece of the puzzle, and that's a 108 or 109 cash trade in the cattle market this week. Then I feel like maybe the futures can even add some more premium. 
are the proteins nervous as COVID numbers continue to increase? Yeah, they, they, I think they will become more and more so. And I think that's where the restaurant demand and the institutional demand will start to be talked about more. You know, we're coming up with colleges and schools getting close to the end of their first uh, semester. And that half year mark is coming up. And this outbreak of COVID probably couldn't have come at a worse time with the holidays and then with the idea that maybe if it continues to increase in hospitalization, states decide to go ahead and, and lock down more again. And then all of a sudden you see a lot of the sporting events like basketball and you see the second semester and a lot of the schools actually go virtual again completely. So I am very nervous about the proteins and the cotton. And we talked about on the last Commodity Week the dairy because of the uh, client question or producer question you had. And I think those are still very much on the front page and on the middle of my radar screen. All right, Mike, sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, the best way is to call me toll-free, 866-471-2588, or go to my website, globalcomresearch.com. It's globalcom with two Ms, and uh, sign up for a trial. You could get a, a new weekly update that I just put out on uh, last evening. So a lot of fresh information there. All right, thanks so much. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.